Uh, let's go talk to Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan insider. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, buddy. And by the way, you're not uh, anything but a realist if you're saying that Alabama and Georgia look to be a cut above. And I think we're going to see more of that when Alabama plays at Texas. And but those two teams, uh, they're just they operate differently. They look different. They're the best two teams in college football by far. And I don't think that's a hot take, brother. Every Michigan fan can go back to New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. Um, when we're all gathered, whether it was at a, a local brands, whether you're at your house, whether you're down in Florida where you were, Chris, uh, we were at Eastern Hall having that party upstairs. The minute you watch Georgia run out, I looked to Mohawk, uh, Jerome, Farrick, all the guys, and I said, Michigan's in trouble. I said yeah. that immediately yeah. with before a snap, before the national anthem, I said they're in trouble. And that's just yep. a fact right now, Chris. When you look at Alabama and Georgia, they are the varsity. The rest of college football is a JV. There's no question. And, and it, you know what? I remember hearing that when Alabama played Notre Dame, what, 10 years ago maybe? And, uh, and somebody said when they came out onto the field, they knew that there was just a difference in the two teams and their makeup, and who knows why, but they were bigger, they were faster, they were stronger. You know what? It's a football factory mentality, and you can sense it. But, boy, what Georgia did to Oregon, you know, Alabama's going to be Alabama every year. Those are the two teams, and everybody's playing catch-up. So that's why it's a good thing that the playoff was expanded, though. You know, you get other teams an opportunity. You know basically every year that who two or three of the four teams are going to be. So now you've at least got an opportunity to play for something again, to get into that playoff and be a sacrificial lamb depending on how far you make it but and then maybe once every you know three four years a team like utah remember that utah team several years ago that beat alabama in the bowl game rises up with a bunch of seniors and plays extremely well and uh, you know surprises somebody but those programs aren't going away they operate differently their bodies are different and just the way it is that youtube video of alabama's entrance when they leave the locker room and they walk down that tunnel full of the lights and all the trophies and and you see the crowd oh my god i mean yep. if you're if you're a stud top you know five star recruit huh, you alabama gets their pick of the litter that that also is a fact right now they just get yep. They get the five stars they want, correct? Yep, absolutely. And Georgia's right there with them too. When they when they got uh, on board with the way that Alabama did things, uh, now it's those two, and they they know how to do it. And Georgia fans have been asking that for that for a long time. They didn't they you know didn't like their place behind Alabama and some of these other Southern schools as an also ran, and so they made that decision, and there they are. So, but it's uh, it's a different brand of football. There's no question about it. I, I had a cut of Saban going, you know, uh, name, image, and likeness meant we have to step back a little bit on the money, but we're still competitive. <laughs> That's great. That's about it, too. I didn't say it. You said it. That's I'm just saying pretty step pretty back cool. on the money. We're still competitive. I didn't say anything else. Uh, Don't try and put yeah. words in my mouth, Ballas. I didn't say anything. Look at you. Leave Bill out to dry. I didn't say that. That was huge. Uh, hey, you know how I feel about that, buddy. Well, you know, and, and again, I, I that Saturday, really Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, even last night with Clemson and Georgia Tech, just this five-day feast of college football to start the season, and you got a good feeling. Really, yes. I think the Big Ten is still competitive. You know, I know we talk about Alabama and Georgia, but if you look top to bottom now, uh, you might start saying the Big Ten is 
not deeper than the SEC, but the second deepest conference in college football. And I look at Michigan, and I look at what they did, and 51-7, go about their business. They move up to number four in the AP, number five in the coaches' poll, yet there's still all this drama around J.J. or Cade, which is our Bud Light huge question of the day. Who is your QB1 as a Michigan fan, J.J. or Cade? It's amazing, Chris, uh, that you can see the visual of J.J. and Cade frustrated afterwards and the body language during the game, and I know his numbers don't mean he's getting benched, but uh, yep. this is an ongoing battle that I don't think will stop anytime soon. No, unless J.J. McCarthy comes out and tears it up, and he's going to against Iowa, he better, right? That's probably one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in college football. So, uh, But what I've always said is that he provides an element that Cade McNamara doesn't have physically, and it's not just the feet, it's the big arm. He made a throw across the field to A.J. Henning for six yards that Cade McNamara can't make. And Cade had a bad start, and part of the reason for that, you could tell he was feeling the pressure, and I felt bad for him in that respect, right? You know, he thinks, okay, look, what I did last year and you know what and now he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders and and everybody's like oh that's Cade being Cade well no it wasn't Cade McNamara was on target in most of his games last year and played very well and got better at times uh, had his moments but you know he was a solid quarterback he was third big third team all big 10 quarterback but you're being pushed by a guy with NFL skills Bill who it's only a matter of time if he reaches a ceiling is going to be the quarterback here so you could see it in the way he ran you could see the offense looked labored when and McNamara was out there. The ball takes a long time to, out, to get out to his receivers and the flat passes, unless it's a swing pass like it was to Roman Wilson where he gets it uh, on the run and, you know, just gives your receivers more time to do things with the ball. So, and then you've got that element that adds to the running game. You saw it looks like he's a step faster even than last year, and he was fast last year. So, as long as he stays healthy, that adds an element to the offense that is really, really hard to defend. So, uh, we're going to see what happens. You know, the, the knock on McCarthy is been the turnovers in practice and it's real so if he protects the ball and ironically the best thing he did I thought on Saturday was checking down a couple of times when there was nothing downfield to a tight end Colston Loveland who's going to be a stud and a, and a running back and CJ Stokes who surprised everybody as a freshman so made some great decisions if he continues to do that Bill I think he's the quarterback. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line here in the huge show across Michigan also I saw some Videos at JJ.com. Uh, he will do name, image, and likeness appearances at somebody's house, and he walks on water in their backyard <laughs> pools. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> the thing is, man, that's just, the thing is, you can you can like your guy without cutting the other guy down. That's the disappointing part about the the Michigan fan base, and it's been that way for a long time. In any fan base, right? You know, how about appreciating what the kid did for you last year? And uh, you know, Cade McNamara did not handle it well as a, as a captain. And I wrote that in my post game observations. Is you know, if you are going to get surpassed on the depth chart, or if you don't play well as a Michigan captain, like Tom Brady did so many years ago when he was competing with Drew Henson, you've got to keep your mouth shut, support the other guy, and say, hey, you know what, we've got two good quarterbacks It's going to play out and whatever's best for the team, even if you don't mean it. So I'm pretty sure he had a talk with the coaches after his press conference after the game, and they probably told him the same thing. We need and expect more from you. So, But he is a great kid, and uh, you know what, I still think they're going to need both quarterbacks this year, and we'll see what McCarthy does. But you know what, you look at Iowa, for example, that's a game where, oh God, are there bad offensively but you look at their defense and that's a game 
in which you can't turn the ball over and let them hang around. So, you know what? Cade McNamara's been there. J.J. McCarthy hasn't. You aren't going to go down to Iowa City and Kinnick and start slinging the ball everywhere and, and give them a chance to win games. That's what they're hoping you're going to do. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Jim Harbaugh does or does this and handles his quarterbacks. Um, again, I, like I said, I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. I can understand Cade's frustration mm-hmm. that you led the team to a Big Ten title. You led the team to a win over Ohio State. Well, Ohio State first and the Big Ten title. You took him to the college football playoff, and now his body language and even the postgame presser, he, he looks like he's on the verge of losing his job to J.J. McCarthy, who would not be frustrated in that situation, yeah. right? True, yeah, but it entitles you to nothing, and that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh has said every year. He said that those positions are for rent. Even the coaching positions are for rent. He made that clear last spring, you know, when McCarthy, when McNamara said, you know what, I feel like I'm a Big Ten championship quarterback, and I feel like it's my job, it's my team, and everything else. You can feel that way, but you still have to come out and perform. Uh, you know what? Otherwise, you look what happened to Cle- at Clemson a few years ago. You know, you get you got good quarterbacks, and, and even at Alabama, that have played and led you to a lot of wins, but if the other guy's going to give you a better chance to win, he's going to play. That's just the way it goes, and you have to handle it better as a senior and as a as a captain. So, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that uh, appreciates uh, it, it was since 2004 that Michigan had won a Big Ten championship, and Cade McNamara was a huge part of that team. What The one that really gets me is like, oh, they won in spite of him. And, you know, I was watching that Ohio State game last night, and he had a great game other than the one throw. And we said, oh, that was Hassan Hassan game. No, he picked his spots and he made some great throws, kept drives alive. He was fantastic in, in running the offense, had some shots downfield so he was a big part of that but it doesn't guarantee your spot next year it doesn't guarantee you're going to be the guy Jim Harbaugh made that clear to him he made that clear to everybody else on the team that if you don't perform and somebody else does they're going to play. That's what's called meritocracy and that's what he believes in. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com joining us talking about the win over Colorado State and beyond the J.J. Cade uh, top shelf storyline, if we didn't have that QB battle going on, what was the second best story out of that win this past Saturday at the Big House? That swarming defense, right? I mean, you look, they look like a pack of rabid dogs out there. They couldn't wait. You could tell that they liked playing together, number one. And we were wondering how it was going to be from Mike McDonald to Jesse Minter, a defensive coordinator, and it looked the same. And these guys looked hungry. They looked like they had a few pass rushers, right? Braden McGregor early. Derek Moore, a true freshman, got there a few times. Uh, you had Yavi Anoma, who's been on the team for all of a month, getting in there and disrupting some things. So it looks like they've got more options there than we thought. Bill and and they play so fast together. Mike Sainer still at cornerback was all over the field as Harbaugh said. He got my game ball after the game. We went through and uh, clearly he was he looked like he'd been playing the position for a long time. So love that defense. The one thing that I want to see more of is how are they going to play when they line up against a team that really wants to run right at them. I thought Colorado State ran the ball a little bit too well for my liking. I know the numbers were skewed by sack yardage, but they had some plays that got out and it looked like they controlled the line of scrimmage at times. That needs to be shored up. I think that Mike Elston will do that. He's an outstanding defensive line coach. And But those guys, the way they got to the ball, the seven sacks, the 11 tackles for loss, that is a fast and deep defense just like Jim Harbaugh predicted it was going to be. Time will tell if it's better than last year's, but early returns are that they've got a lot of athletes on that side of the ball that know what they're doing. 
Who was the best new name at the big house on Saturday? Yeah, great question. I thought it was on the defense. I really thought McGregor, uh, because you know what, he's not really a new name. He was a junior, but here's a guy that people had written off. He had a major knee injury coming in. He had a rough start, frankly, adapting to the program to this level of college football. But he created some some early pressure that really set the tone. As our Doug Skeen says uh, on your show quite a bit, he said the one he's a former All Big Ten offensive lineman at Michigan, five time champion. He said, you know what, the one thing our quarterbacks always said to us is if you want me to have a bad game let me get pressure early and I thought McGregor really set the tone and then Anoma comes in there and on his first snap gets a sack and uh, you know what there are a lot of freshmen Mason Graham I thought played better at times than Mozzie Smith the true freshman defensive tackle when he was in there he he put the center in the quarterback's lap one time uh, in a one-on-one matchup where you're thinking I can't believe this kid's a freshman and then he got later on got a sack so those freshmen I thought did a really nice job and that class is loaded. The last two classes are loaded, which is why I think Michigan's going to be in good shape here for the next two, three years. Yeah, I like the coaching. Uh, I love that Harbaugh sticks to his guns. He wants to run to set up the pass, but it was obvious, Chris, before I let you go, that when J.J. McCarthy was in, he brings them something that no Michigan quarterback has ever brought them. Denard was a better runner, but he wasn't Mm -hmm. the thrower, I think, or had the arm of McCarthy, and you can just see he's that next-level guy because the point about Cade and what he did last year with that team with Hutch and Ajabo and Dax Hill and everybody, you know, he didn't put the team on his back. He just didn't hurt them uh, all season. I think that was the best thing about Cade McNamara in 2021. But now you know where the bar has been set, and it's a college football playoff, and to even get into a game with the Georgias or the Alabamas. You have got to upgrade the athletes at a lot of positions. You have to. You do. You do. Or have that difference maker quarterback who can erase some of that stuff. Devin Gardner was that guy uh, for a while. At Michigan. When they beat Notre Dame one year, Devin Gardner, even though he had an up-and-down career at Michigan, and I blame part of that on the, the crappy offensive lines that he had. He took a beating at times. But that's the one position where if you have a difference maker, it, it can kind of even things out. And I think that was what Gardner did. I think that's what J.J. McCarthy can do. Uh, and let's not anoint him yet, guys. That's another thing after you know a 4-for-4 four four performance. We know what his skill set is. Uh, there are going to be bigger tests to come. If he has a great game at Iowa, for example, if he's the guy – uh, against that defense, that's really going to be telling to me because, again, you've got to protect the ball. And there's a reason McNamara was playing, and it wasn't because he just didn't hurt them. He was leading some more scoring drives in practice and more scoring drives in games and putting points on the board when he was out there. And people can say, well, it wasn't because of him. Well, if you're going head-to-head and you're measuring the numbers and those numbers are better than what J.J. McCarthy's doing in practice and and uh, and in game situations, then, yeah, he's going to be the guy. So, But as of now, and what we've always seen, is that McCarthy has the higher, the better skill set. There's no question physically. He's better as a runner. He's better as a passer. Now he's got to prove that he can do it against good defenses. And we're not going to know, Bill, for what, three, four more weeks. You know, these, these are, this is kind of fool's gold here, what, we, what we've seen. Uh, as we always know, you know, everybody talks about November Heisman or September Heismans and September championships and everything else. We've got to see him do it against good football teams. And it's going to be a while before we see one of those. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, part of the On3.com team, talking Michigan football on the Meyer guest line. Uh, before I let you go, uh, the setup for Saturday, because Hawaii is brutal, blown out sure. by 
Western Kentucky at home and the Vanderbilt on the road. They they can name their number. So now you have McCarthy making his first start. Does he get the full first half? Uh, and then do you go to McNamara in the second half or do you go uh, down the depth chart list? How do you think the QB situation plays out against one of the worst teams to ever come to the big house hmm. in Hawaii? Yeah, it's a fair question. I think you have to give them a half. There's no doubt about it. And what I would do if I were them is let them swing it. I don't want to see them pound the ball 50 times and you know not show anything. This is you've got to audition now and get ready for the better teams that you're going to play. Let's see how he reads defenses, even if it's a crappy one, and let them throw downfield because you've got a plethora of receivers that we've talked about, Bill. That these guys are probably wondering, hey, when am I going to get mine? And Andrew Anthony, you know, I think caught one or two passes, had a couple targets. They are so deep, you can't waste that group. So if you're going to play McCarthy out there, then do what he does. Let him get some experience, some live bullets against the defense where he's throwing downfield. Frankly, it wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they threw two out of three times, uh, even even if they were running up the score, just to get him some some reps in that situation. So, But I think he'll get at least a half. I do think McNamara will play. I think you'll see three or four quarterbacks play in that game at least, maybe more than, probably more than that, Bill. But you've got to give him a half and let him go and see what happens uh, when when it's live out there to really make this a fair competition. Chris, thanks for your time. We'll talk later in the week. Look ahead to a Rainbow Warrior Saturday <laughs> night primetime matchup in J.J. McCarthy's first start. Be there. Also, did you hear Anthony Bellino doing uh, the in-stadium uh, mic breaks uh, from X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. I heard some of the audio, and he did a great job uh, in his debut Saturday at the Big House. I'm sure he did, but we can't hear a thing behind that glass, man, believe it or not. We can hear some muffled cheers, and we can hear the band a little bit and some of the music, and that's about it. But I know I'm sure he did a good job. I've heard. They don't give you guys a crowd noise? No, we, they open one little window above us. It's kind of like, you know, uh, it's it's crazy. It's it's really. No, you were going to say really, it's like prison. You wanted to I say was, that. Actually, <laughs> I decided to stop myself, but you know what I was thinking. So, like, we got, we got out in the courtyard for a few minutes, you know, but they open one little window. We hear that's a little nice. bit, and that's about it. So, that's nice. But it's really ster- a sterile environment, Bill, and it's unfortunate. But you know what? When it's hotter than heck out like it was, and it's 72 in the box, and we're sipping on a water, it's it's okay. Please tell me they're not sterilizing uh, the media. Right? No, no, they're not doing that. There are some guys that should be. But right not there, there yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't, don't get on Clayton Safety right now. Don't even go with it. Okay. the last guy. All right, we love it. Well, they got, I'm surprised their windows don't open. Every press box I've ever been in, yeah. uh, the windows open so people get a feel for uh, the weather, the crowd, mm-hmm. the media kind of feels it, uh, where yeah. the momentum is, the mojo. So those windows don't open. You're locked in in the press box at Michigan. Yeah, they've got little ones at the top that open, but they only open a couple of them. You'll have to get up there, man. And, and I've been there, but I didn't know. I okay. thought most windows, you know, pulled up or uh, they could no. slide up. I no, mean, nothing I, like that. Yeah, it's it's and that's like that in most press boxes. The only place it wasn't was at Oregon back in 2003. The whole thing slid open, right. and you could hear that crowd noise. It was fantastic. Yeah, so, and man. at the Metrodome, but. But that doesn't really count. Yeah, when I was doing the XFL, all those press boxes opened up. That was yeah, awesome, man. Cool. Legion Field, uh, the old Meadowlands, where the planes were landing underneath the light towers over <laughs> at Titoboro while I was doing the game with Otis Wilson and Luke Canellis and Vince McMahon was standing in the back of the booth. 
Yeah, XFL. That was awesome. That's great. That was bad. Yeah, you sound really pleased. you got to go write another story. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, Bill. Oh, yeah, back at Take you. Care, brother. Yeah, yeah. Chris Ballas.